This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid, and welcome, everyone. I have right here in the studio with me today, in person, someone that I consider a true brother. He's a pastor, and along with myself, he's also one of the television producers here for Sid Roth. And last but certainly not least, he's a brand new author with a revelation from God, and I am telling you, it will literally change your life. So please welcome Ryan Bruss. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Donna. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's kind of fun for us to be like this, right? Uh, We work in the office. We work in the studio. We work with Sid. And so to be across from each other, it's it's different, but it's wonderful. So today we're going to be talking about carrying the presence and releasing the kingdom. And I just have to tell you, that's actually just exciting to say it, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. Carrying the presence and releasing the kingdom. Ryan, just in a little nutshell, before we get too far, what does that mean? We have to remember that the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is within us. The kingdom, Jesus yes. said that. Yes. And so that means everywhere I go, the presence goes with me. And I have to be honest with you, on the way to the studio today, I was telling Natalie that the presence just flooded my car. And, and listen, people were cutting me off left and right. And I'm being serious. This was like a hectic drive to work. And I I think the enemy knew we were going to have this interview. I mean, in fact, I know he knew, but he kept, see, things try to get us out of that presence every day. You know, people cutting in front of us, cutting in line, you know, saying things that are offensive or whatever. Uh, But all the way to work, I kept feeling the presence of the Lord. And whether you're mowing the lawn and, you know, changing diapers or at church or preaching the gospel or right here in the studio, the kingdom of God is within us. So everywhere we go, God is going with us. If we're born again, he's here. And so anything can happen at any time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm walking into the studio. I'm carrying him with me. He's walking in with me. Ryan, you said something. This is what really stoked me about this message. Uh, There were two other um, employees here and you and I, and we walked into a room to have a little meeting. And we were just talking about, it's, it's not just a concept, it's a revelation. We were talking about this and you said, well, just imagine all four of us believers just walked into this room and we carried the presence of God into this room with us. Can you imagine (laughs) the power that just walked into this room? Yeah. I was like, Oh, wow. And that something is... shifted in the atmosphere when, when we talked about that. I mean, yes. you could feel his presence. Yes, but I didn't get it until you said that. Yeah. You know, I've been a Christian a long time, heard a lot of things, heard a lot of teaching, but I didn't get it until you said that. Just imagine the power that walked into this room. It's like before it was just a room. Right. And... That's good. I like that. <laughs> hey, you can use that. Yeah, I'll use that. I like that. <laughs> it was just a room. But when the four of us walked in there, it became a room full of the power and presence yes, of God. absolutely. <laughs> hey, can I come over and help you preach yeah, one day? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I have a feeling that once people get this material and they really get this revelation, a lot of people are going <laughs> to... It changes your life. ...are going to be doing this. All right, Ryan, let's start from the beginning. 
Now, you are used to, like Sid would say, uh, naturally supernatural. You understand why that means because that started very early in your life. I remember uh, at five years old, I'm uh, in my mid-40s now, but I remember at five years old being born again. I remember sitting on the bed, Mickey Mouse curtains, you know, <laughs> and, and receiving Jesus. My parents led me to the Lord. And, and then, uh, unfortunately, my, my dad got cancer at seven when I was seven years old, and he died when I was 12. And my mom, uh, who's a seer, you know my mom, she's a seer, she's prophetic. And so my whole life, I grew up in this prophetic home. And, and I remember she looked at his three kids, and it was, it was not good because, you know, dad's gone. The husband, my mom's and husband. And he'd been sick for a long time. He'd been sick for a long time. And, and, and because of how cancer just consumed the family, uh, we, we, we were broke, to be honest with you. So my mom looked at his three kids and said, you know what? I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not going to raise these kids by myself. So she, she said, Father, fill them with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and that night, all three of us began to speak in tongues because she needed some help. Yes. And that's really how everything started for me in my life. You told a story, too, about and you know, so many supernatural things. You said that because she was a seer, you were used to her telling you about um, angelic activity in the house and different things going on and even supernatural provision. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I remember, again, we didn't have any money. We used to have to lay our hands on our appliances and pray that they would work. Oh, my. Pray that, that the food would be in the cupboards. And I remember one time we didn't have any food. And my mom said, let's go sit on the porch and we're going to pray in the spirit until food shows up in our driveway. Now, we didn't know any better. We're like, okay, mom, <laughs> this is what we got to do. And so I remember distinctly, I remember it right now as if it was yesterday. Uh, we were sitting on the porch. We prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues, prayed in tongues, looking at the driveway. And then all of a sudden, a car backs into the driveway filled with groceries. I mean, that's how I was raised, you know, uh, supernatural. And my mom would, I remember one time I was on my way to have lunch with somebody. She didn't know. She opened up the window. She goes, hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go have lunch. She goes, I see the glory coming off of you, Whoa. like little puffs of clouds and, uh, as you're walking. So you're bringing the glory with you wherever, wherever it is you're going. So my whole life was like that. Even when I was not doing things I was supposed to be doing, yes. uh, she would wait up and be, uh, you know, she'd say, where were you? Because she knew. And you mentioned that you, you didn't have a father growing up. Past, past 12 years old. Right. So you began to have dreams and even like, uh, you know, as early as 12, but in your early 20s, late teens, that kind of thing. I mean, the Holy Spirit actually began to teach you and minister to you in dreams. That's right. When I was a youth pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, I didn't have anybody mentoring me. I was just kind of doing the will of the Lord and, and uh, uh, working for Jesus. And I would go to bed at night and I would dream dreams and it would be the Lord speaking to me and teaching me about how I need to adjust this and fix that and grow here. And I remember one time I went to uh, bed feeling really sick and I had a dream that night and the Lord showed me two paths. You can take medicine and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can take medicine, just take it, take it, take it. Or you can believe me for healing even in the night. And I did that. And I, I went down the path of, Lord, I'm just going to hang on to your promises. And by the morning I was healed. And I would see angels in my dreams, and he would just speak to me. I, I don't want you to do that anymore. 
I, I don't want you to do that. And if I kept doing it, he'd tell me again in another dream. Three nights in a row, he would speak to me about a certain thing, and, I, and finally I stopped doing it. I mean, it wasn't a stinful thing. He just didn't want me to do that certain thing anymore. But, yeah, he taught me for years, and to this day, he still does that same thing. Yeah. That is amazing. That is amazing. Well, I, I want to talk about your book a little bit and kind of get into that revelation in the book. And, and, and right at the beginning, you talk about God's beautiful people, the way you look at people, the way God looks at people, beautiful people. Everybody has value. Everybody has worth. And uh, the Lord, which I know we'll talk about later, I had such an encounter with the Lord that really shifted my focus on how to see people. I remember... Many times, but I remember somebody distinctly, I, I thought, Lord, I have a hard time loving this person. And what is the deal? I just, they, they rubbed me the wrong way. And I said, Lord, please show me something about them. And then he did about uh, a real physical infirmity that they constantly dealt with. And the Lord told me that that's why they act the way they do, mm, yes. uh, trying to overcompensate, insecurity. And so it shifted my heart uh, to to see that person the way God does. And I've ministered to, to gang members, Satanists, prison inmates, uh, prostitutes, you name it. Um, the Lord wants us to see the beauty and value that he has for people because, you know, we look on the outside, like the Bible says, Man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. And I'm, I'm just telling you that God sees things way differently than we do. Yes, yes. And talking about the inside and the outside, you, you said, I mean, we all know this, but thank you for pointing it out. The only difference in those people and us is because we've met Jesus. And I like this word. You used the word yet. And they haven't met him yet. That's right. But the answer that we found is inside of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's been so many homeless people that I've ministered to over the years. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. We're no different than anybody else as Christians. And sometimes Christians can have a little bit of a pious uh, attitude. You know, I got it all together. And uh, but, but the Lord doesn't look at things like that. He hung out with sinners, tax collectors. They loved him. Why did they love him? Because he was so attractive. Uh, his love was so attractive, his purity. And, uh, you know, we, we have to have the mentality. You know, the Bible says in Romans 13, 8, that owe no man anything except a debt to love one another. When when we walked in the studio together, when, when you walked in, I owe you love. Mm -hmm. I owe you something. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly in debt to people with with love. And I owe people love. And and uh, that sets us apart, uh, that understanding that we're to love everybody the way Jesus does. Right. And that, that line there, man, it just, you know, have you ever been reading some things and it just jumps off yes. the page at you? Yeah. That line that, that you're, you're teaching, what they're looking for, we already have inside of us. So let's not be selfish. Exactly. <laughs> Give it away. <laughs> because Ryan, we're we're called. We're called to to go. Everybody knows the Great Commission, you know, calling you to go and preach the gospel. We're we're called, but that's all of us, right? That's that's everybody. And we forget that two thirds of God's name is go. And so <laughs> we, right. we are called to go. But he, here's where people uh, miss it. The call to go into all the world and preach the gospel means something different from one person to the next. Yes. I'm, uh, I have a close friend who's a police officer, and he's on fire for God. 
and he he just lets his light shine and does his thing as a police officer. He doesn't have to be a preacher or a minister or have any kind of title. He just does what God has called him to do. And no matter what God's called you to do, you have a calling to bring the kingdom of heaven and release it to your sons and your daughters, your husband, your wife, your neighbors, and it just spreads out from there. So whatever occupation you have, that's your harvest field. Mm-hmm. And so you have to begin to understand if you're a stay-at-home mom, raise those kids in the glory. Raise those kids in the presence of God. Touch other stay-at-home moms or whatever God has called you to do. Uh, you, you're called to bring the kingdom to that area. So you're a pastor. I'm not. You know, I, <laughs> obviously, I would say that the, the largest majority of people are are not ministers. They're, they're not ministers. But but. There are those that feel like if you are a believer in order to preach or minister or whatever, then you need to be in full-time ministry. I mean, it needs to be a, quote, full-time ministry, out preaching, evangelizing, that kind of thing. But some people, like you just said, that's, that's not where they are called. Exactly. We're called to be full-time Christians. No matter what you're doing in your life, you're called to carry the light and the gospel and the kingdom and the joy and the healing power and presence of God everywhere you go. And and it really doesn't matter. You know, the, the truth is, I tell Bible school students when I preach that most of you are not called to be a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, uh, apostle, uh, vocationally. You're going you're gonna to be CEOs and moms and dads and, you know, whatever. Understand that that's the majority of the people. For the majority of the people, God's not calling them to be in the fivefold ministry, like you said. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, then we need to start training people uh, to bring the kingdom with whatever God is actually calling them to do. Right. Now, they, people may be apostolic. They may be right. teachers or pastoral. Uh, but we have to get out of that mentality that I've got to get to a certain place in life, and then God will start using it. Like a real-life example, your friend Janet. Oh, Janet. <laughs> Janet, I love her. She, I've known her for uh, over 20 years. Uh, she, we went to the Brownsville Revival together, and she was on fire for God. She was, she was a, a Methodist girl that got set on fire <laughs> in the revival. And she was literally on her way to the Olympics, and God got a hold of her, and a wonderful woman of God. But for years, people tried to say, you need to be in the ministry, because she had such a fire. Right. You need to be in the ministry. You need to be in the ministry. And she put so much pressure on herself to do ministry, to be a pastor, to be an evangelist. And she had a fire, so she was so conflicted on the inside. And uh, for years, she beat herself up, because I'm not a minister. Can he really yeah, use condemnation, me? Condemnation. Condemnation, guilt. Shame, yeah. guilt. And well-meaning people put that on her and she put it on herself. So when she came to our church, she moved here, came to our church and we broke that stuff off of her. That you are you don't have to live up to anybody else's expectations and what they're trying to get you to do. And, and the Lord began to speak to me about her calling and she said, you know what? I've, I said, what did you what have you always wanted to do? She goes, nursing. That's the passion of my heart. I mean, she loves the Lord. And, and we prayed for a minister. She she graduated from nursing school. And I am telling you, I just talked to her. She delivers babies. The doctor puts the baby in Janet's hand and she and under her breast, she's like, Corra basorianda. Speaking destiny, whether the mom is saved or unsaved, she she's like the second person to touch this baby. She's delivering babies, uh, yes. uh bringing the kingdom. And people come into the ER. She works the ER and she's ministering to people. She's putting her arm around people. It's not about 
always saying, you know, you need to be saved. It's putting your arm around people and bringing that presence into the ER. And now she's touching lives like crazy more than she ever has uh, being in quote unquote ministry. And we need to understand that no matter what field that you're in in life, you're called to release the kingdom and bring the kingdom. Yes. Whew. I'm excited about that. You mentioned Brownsville, meeting Janet at Brownsville. You went to Brownsville during the, the big revival that was happening there, that move of God. And you got a real passion for street ministry and started working there with the school and with the kids and taking them out. I did. I went in 1996 and I thought I was on fire for God until you get to a revival and you realize <laughs> how much you're not on fire. It was a little flame, but you know the, the revival set me on fire. And it, it turned me upside down, inside out. And I was so just in love with Jesus and in love with people. I just started going on the streets in Pensacola, Florida during the revival. And a few people would go with me, then a few more. And then uh, a couple of years later, I ended up working for the Bible school there, Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. And we were taking sometimes 300, 350 students on the streets wow. on a weekend. Wow. I mean, can you imagine what happens when you take that many people on the streets? And uh, yeah, we, we just saw so many wonderful things happen in that revival. It was awesome. Give me an example, something that you encountered there, somebody that you encountered. Well, one of the greatest testimonies that we have is, I mean, we saw so many. It was incredible. We would overwhelm Pensacola every Friday and Saturday night. It was awesome. So the stories are endless. Uh, We would really uh, minister to people as they were on their way to commit suicide. I mean, literally, stop. They would receive Jesus, come to the revival, get saved. Anyway, so I would lead these teams out, you know, just going every part of the city. And we had a certain team that went outside a bar one night. And uh, there was this man, Chacho. And him and his friends were standing outside the bar, walking in, and our team said, wait, wait, can we just talk to you for a minute? And two of, of Chacho's friends kept going. They went into the, went to the bar, but Chacho said, you know, I'll listen. So they began to present the gospel, and, you know, Jesus loved him, had a plan for his life. And, and you know what? Chacho believed him. He goes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I believe it. This was over 20 years ago. And Chacho literally, because we used to do this on the streets, Chacho got down on his knees and became born again. And as he stood right up. Right in front of the bar. Right in front of the bar. In fact, people. his friend came out, kissed him on the cheek and said, you need to come back in. He's like, no, no, no. Something's going on here. And as he got up from kneeling down, he was set free from every addiction. He was just set free from a wicked lifestyle. And that was over 20 years ago. Now, fast forward, he got so saved. They're saved. (laughs) So saved. (laughs) And then they're so saved. And he got so set on fire that uh, he has planted churches and orphanages all over Mexico. I've preached at his pastor's conferences. They're huge. I mean, this guy is doing such a wonderful job for the kingdom. He is now ministering in Israel. I just saw that he's now, the Lord opened a door in Brazil, all because we met him as he was going into a bar. 20 years later, still on fire for God. So it's real. It's real. It's real. You carry the presence of God within you, which allows you to release it. Yes, ma'am. To other people, no matter where you are. No matter where now, you go. So I don't go. have to be in church. No. I don't have to be at Wednesday night Bible study. That's not, those things are nice. Those are good, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, Sid and I want to make available to you this amazing resource from Ryan Bruss. It's brand new and exclusive for you, our It's Supernatural and Messianic Vision audience. You'll get Ryan's book, Carrying the Presence, and his three-CD teaching series, Releasing the Kingdom. So don't miss it. And Ryan, you were shown a vision. Jesus showed you something in this vision about your love reward. Yeah, you know, you you think you love well until Jesus says, mm, "Let me show you how you're really doing." And here's here's the scoop. It was in the middle of the night, like Paul said, "I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body, but this much I know, the Lord took me to heaven." And he did a, a couple things there because he spoiled me because I felt the atmosphere of heaven. Mm. I know what it feels like to be in heaven. I know that glory, that presence. And I tell you, when I'm preaching or I'm in a meeting and I don't feel just a, even a little bit of that, I get frustrated because if even being in the revival, I felt it a lot there. And so, you know, if I'm at my church and I don't feel that glory, that presence, even a little bit of it, I'm like, let's stop something. We got to get the presence in here. So that was so impactful when I was in heaven to feel that glory. It's beyond description. So I was in this massive house in heaven, and I turned the corner, and Jesus met me. He was standing there, and uh, he goes, I want to show you something. And uh, we walked to a massive room in this in this house, and he was standing to my right, and we looked left, and I, and I saw this huge pile of... Uh, treasure of, of gold and silver and crowns and rubies and diamonds, anything you could imagine. Uh, it was huge. It was, it was probably eight feet tall and just as round. And then our, uh, then I scan a little more to the right, and there's another one just as big. And then another one just as big, all this jewels. And then I looked to the far right with the Lord, and there was a, a pile there that w- was a quarter the size of the rest of it. And yeah. he said, that's that's my reward for love. Ooh. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, somebody else over here has been loving a lot better than I have. And I saw crowns there. I saw jewels. I saw diamonds and rubies. So I've loved, uh, but not well. And he told me that I want you to work on your love reward. And uh, I, you, it makes you think that every act of love that, we do on this earth is rewarded in heaven. I mean, the Bible talks about even giving a cup of cold water in his name. And uh, when I came back from that encounter, the Lord has given me uh, a, a thousand little nuggets of how to love. You know, even Heidi Baker heard her say the other day, her, she said, it's not complicated. Just love the one in front of you. Ooh. And and I love that. Yes. Uh, but this encounter changed me from the inside out because I, I thought I was loving well. And maybe even others around me thought the same thing, but the Lord didn't uh, reward me for the things that I thought he was rewarding me for. You can't have bad attitudes and grumble and complain about people and expect any kind of reward for loving them. Yes. And uh, even even the simplest little act of love, if you if you pass a homeless person and they're asking for money, and you know they're probably going to use it for alcohol or drugs or, uh, you know, giving that person a dollar in faith, mm-hmm. saying, I just want to touch one of the least of these. There's reward for that. Mm-hmm. There's reward for uh, not overreacting in a situation. There's a reward when you bring love into chaos. There's reward when you have every right. And the Lord's watching. There's reward when when... You have every right to be upset. And you said, I love you. I forgive you. 
from the heart. Yes. And there's been many times where people did me so wrong. Yeah. And and I re, I'm reminded of what Jesus said to me in heaven. And I, I said, you know what, in my heart, I mean, they did me wrong. And I said, Lord, I forgive them. There's reward for that. Yes. There's yes. reward because you do not hold people's offenses against them. And I like that you said this is a little insight for some of us that may have not had this encounter or this vision. But to know that Jesus said he, he wasn't condemning no. and he wasn't mad at you, but he goes, hey, hey, hey. You need to work on this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he instructed you lovingly. He did. About, that's, that's good he to did. know. Phew. He did. <laughs> and you can see through the Gospels how, how well Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. He loved the one. He loved going to the Samaritan woman, which is uh, a lot of the book is based on that. He, he just loved the one. He loved blind Bartimaeus. He loved, he loved it when Zacchaeus ran up that tree and yes. uh, sought to seek him. And yes. You would be surprised. At what is rewarded and what is not. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I know when when you hear the word love, you think, oh, sweet Aww. cuddles, hugs, <laughs> oh, warm feeling. Yeah. But but your teaching goes beyond that into something that 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 you call a a demonstration. It can actually be used as a weapon. We don't think about love in that sense sometimes, but a weapon to cut through the darkness. You know, for everybody that that's desperate. Absolutely, and you know. Even when I talk about the heavenly experience, uh, I, I tend to feel that atmosphere, and I do a little bit here now with you, and uh, it's increasing as I'm talking, that presence of the Lord, that atmosphere of heaven. You know, Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever's going on up there, I want it here. I want the atmosphere here. But to your point is when I walk in somewhere for lunch, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for people to love. Oh, that's such a key. If we were doing keys, I'd say, here's key number one. You were already looking for someone to love. Yes. Yeah, yeah. especially, I have to be honest with you, growing up without a father, I I tend to look for the one that's alone, that's by themselves, not in a group, even though I don't have any problem stopping groups of people. I'm looking looking for the one. And this lady that was uh, checking my order out, she was coughing and gagging and, you know, just, she was just... Oh, all, all that stuff was going all over my credit card and my cup and everything. I was like, oh, gosh. And um, and she, uh, I said, are you okay? She goes, I'm so sick. I'm thinking about all oh, the no. stuff, <laughs> stuff she's touching of mine. And I grabbed her hand. There's a line of people. I grabbed her hand because Jesus loves her. And I don't know if she was a Christian or not. It's not always about that. I grabbed her hand and I prayed, Lord, just touch her, fill her, heal her. And, you know, you bring love wherever you go. You know, that that's the key. You're just looking. You see, love is not selfish. Mm-mm. And so even though I hate getting groceries, I go, if I have to go, I'm going to go in there looking for somebody to love and to demonstrate and to bring the kingdom. Yes, yes. And you, you mentioned occupations earlier. All of us aren't pastors, aren't teachers, aren't evangelists, but you talk about plumbers, pediatricians, politicians, ooh, uh, <laughs> police officers, whatever. Talk to us a little bit about, you may not have a ministry of a pastor, you may not stand up in front of your church, but talk to us a little bit about reconciliation. If you're a plumber, be a plumber for Jesus. If you're a pediatrician, <laughs> be a, I mean, it, let's just think about a plumber. You are going into people's houses almost every day. Bring the kingdom in the house. Walk in there. You don't. Ha- you can or you don't have to. You walk in the house. Especially if you own the business and you can't get fired. <laughs> but walk into that house. Bring the kingdom into that home. Because just being a plumber, 
allows you access into people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so when when you have that access and they're they're already desperate, their their toilets backed up, so they already yes. need a miracle. And so say, listen, ma'am, as I'm doing this, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. He he's got a plan for your life and it doesn't matter what you're going through. And then hear the Holy Spirit and bring that reconciliation, bring that person back to God. Because no matter if they're born again or not, Jesus is after them. And he wants to touch them and reach them. So no matter what you're called to do in this life, just let your let your Christianity live it out loud and let people see the joy. And we're going to talk a little bit later, I think, in the third segment about how to keep that joy so you can bring it to others. But uh, no matter what God has called you to do, release that kingdom, bring it into whatever area. I mean, you'll you'll be amazed. Your whole ministry will begin to flourish uh, just when you start loving people. Start so I can say, I can say, my ministry. Not, I don't mean my church. I don't mean my evangelistic tour that I'm going on. But my ministry of reconciliation is alive and well. Absolutely, and you as a producer. Uh, your influence is great, you know, because uh, you're you're touching people who are touching people on the show. And not only that, but you tell me stories on a regular basis how you bring the kingdom to people, like that 4th of July picnic. <laughs> I mean, that really touched me. You're, you're at a 4th of July. Everybody's just enjoying the fireworks, but you brought the kingdom, and you ministered to a lady, I believe, yes, there. Yes, with some grandchildren. Just, you mm-hmm. open the door. And you touch that woman's life. And when we touch somebody with the presence of God, that seed, it never goes away. And so I I tell people, I'll just walk up to people and say, you know what? I just want to tell you, Jesus loves you. And then as I'm walking away, I, I pray, Lord, let that ring in their spirit. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, you know. And uh, uh, so wherever we go, we just release uh, mm-hmm. uh, the presence of God. I think we do that too often. We dismiss things too often. We do. And, you know, like I said, when I see something that jumps off the page at me, I want to just sit there for a little while. Yeah. You know, I want to read it over and over. Like I said about your titles for your material that you're offering here, carrying the presence Releasing the kingdom. Ugh, you know, I can just say that. <laughs> I say that. I feel it. I when feel I, it. When I say that. Ooh, okay. This this is a phrase that you have that I just, I love this as well. Uh, bringing the kingdom of heaven anyone, anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you go get coffee after this interview and you walk into the coffee shop, everything that every person in that coffee shop needs lives inside you. Everything. Everything. The healing presence of God, the joy of the Lord, freedom, deliverance, uh, salvation. Everybody, you carry the answer in that coffee shop for everybody in that entire place. Now, I'm not saying you're supposed to, even though I've done this, hey, I want to tell everybody, I just want everybody knowing here that Jesus loves you. And let me tell you, you know, when you do that kind of stuff, uh, it just, things happen. I mean, just things happen. But it's not about just going in there and just announcing that because, you know, most people don't have that kind of boldness, and that's okay. But it's but it's going up to the counter, realizing and understanding that everything that that barista needs, you have. Hmm. You have the answer. All you got to do is release it to her. And the simple fact of holding somebody's hand and say, can I pray with you? The kingdom just, the, the presence of God just is released into that person's life. Yes, yes. Whew, that is strong. That's yeah. one of those parts when I was reading and studying this material. That's one of those parts that I had to kind of slow it down. Yeah. You know, we read a lot of books, don't <laughs> right, we, Ryan? Right, exactly. <laughs> we read a lot of books. So there's there comes those 
certain ones that, whoo, you just need to back it yes. on up and slow it down. Yeah. And when I was reading that, everything that every person in that coffee shop needs, you're carrying it in with you. Yeah. Salvation, healing, whatever. Yes, and, and you know, I, I try to, don't always get the opportunity, I try to pray for my wife every morning before I leave the house and bless her. Everything my wife needs, I got it. Yeah. And and the, and she's got it, of course, because she's born again. So the two of us together, when I bless her, say, uh, Megan, I bless you today in the name of Jesus, your health. We're releasing the kingdom. So she goes out with joy and led forth in peace <laughs> and she goes about her day. But it, 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 the, we bring the kingdom everywhere to our children. I mean, when I was growing up, my mom, we'd try to sneak out the door to go to school. My mom said, whoa, 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 whoa. She put her hand on top of our heads and be like, I plead the blood <laughs> of Jesus. <laughs> you know, we just release the kingdom wherever we go. Amen. Amen. And what about those people that goes, you know what? Uh, maybe I'm just going to wait for a little bit longer before I start, you know, jumping out and doing this. Maybe I'm going to wait till I get a little more mature in the Lord. Maybe I'm going to wait till I get a better job. Maybe I'm going to wait. <laughs> Maybe I'm just going to wait. Don't wait till you have all your ducks in a row and everything figured out because, you know, in this life, you may never have everything figured out. You may never have your ducks in a row. So I, I'm, I teach people you don't need three prophetic words and two dreams and, uh, <laughs> you know, people to pat you on the back. Just start start releasing the kingdom. No matter what your financial situation looks like, no matter what's going on in your marriage, if, if you're struggling in your marriage and your husband's not serving the Lord, begin to release the, the kingdom. Really pray over the, his side of the bed. Bless your husband. Release it. And, and, you know, just pray that, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth that it is in heaven. That's one of my favorite scriptures because Jesus himself said, pray this. Pray that whatever is going on in heaven will happen on earth. And you suggest that people pray that every morning. Every morning, everywhere I go, Lord, that's how we change atmospheres is believing that that God's going to invade this space that I'm in right now, whether it's my car, my my office, my family, that, that the Lord would just uh, re release his kingdom through me because he told me, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So whatever I need right now, I'm asking the Lord uh, uh, to bring that from heaven to earth to manifest in this situation. Okay, I'm going to start doing this, and I'm not just saying this. I'm going to start doing this, Ryan. I'm telling you right now, and I just ask everyone that's listening to us right now, let's commit, if, if you want, to carry the atmosphere and the presence of, of God inside of you and the kingdom inside of you. I'm going to commit, I'll, I'll just at least say it for me, every single morning from now on to say, Lord, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So anyway, one another thing that, that you teach, Ryan, is divine appointments. You ask for those, right? You pray I for do. those. Yeah. I, I, I get them all the time. I have to be honest with you. They happen on a regular basis. I mean, I remember just the other day I was getting some Greek food and there was a uh, uh, I was just getting ready to check out, and I'm sitting there on a bench, and then there's an aisle to my left, and then there's another bench way over here, and a lady comes through the door and sits right next to me. I'm like, ma'am, there's a seat <laughs> over there, and she's like crowding my space, and I felt a nudge from the Lord. I, 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 it's like an angel of the Lord just plopped her right next to me. 
So I said, okay. I, and I began to strike up a conversation with her because it's so easy just to talk to people. Just, hey, how you doing? And then uh, I began to minister to her. And it was a divine appointment. Ministered about the kingdom of God. And uh, on a regular basis, I received divine appointments uh, just to... Uh, minister to people or favor from God or whatever it is, because I'm, I'm looking for them. And uh, a, a divine appointment uh, can happen at any time, anywhere. It's just God aligning everything for that day and putting you in the right situation because your steps are ordered by the Lord. And you're at the fast food restaurant. You can't wait to get out of there. Uh, and, you know, the order is delayed. Why? Because there's somebody next to you that needs to hear that Jesus loves them. Already in this short period of time, we have learned to pray that, that whatever's going on in heaven be done on earth. Yeah. We've learned to love the person that's in front of us, <laughs> and we've learned to ask for divine appointments. So I know that you're getting as much out of this as I am, so thank you, Ryan. Ryan, you make it sound so easy. It is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you know, I was at the restaurant the other day, and uh, the lady, she, she just had a beautiful smile. She did a big smile. And, and I commented on her smile, and it opened up her heart. That's all I just said. You know, you just have a nice smiles with somebody. And uh, to make a long story short, at the end of that lunch, she was crying because the Lord told me to ask her about her father who had molested her, actually. Oh. And we ministered to her, my friend and I, and we loved on her. But the door opened because I said she had a nice smile. And it's so easy to bring the kingdom. Uh, it, it should be as natural as saying, hey, nice out, weather out today or anything like that. Yes. It's easy to release the kingdom. We yes. just got to step out and do it. Yes. Okay. want you to remember that Sid's going to be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get this brand new and exclusive resource from Ryan Bruss. You'll get Ryan's book, Carrying the Presence, and his three-CD teaching series called Releasing the Kingdom, which includes these three messages, being the move of God. Yes, you heard me right. Being the move of God, living free and enjoying God everywhere, every day. This is the perfect resource for yourself. You can get it for your family or even for your church or small group. So so we certainly don't want you to miss it. And Ryan, you have convinced us that it's easy. You make it sound easy and I believe that it is. I'm going to try that. But just because it's easy doesn't mean you always get the response you wanted. No, ma'am. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about when we live godly, we're going to suffer persecution. You know, it's just part of being a Christian. And uh, I remember being in uh, Pensacola one time, and uh, we were just sharing the love of God with people. And I, and I talked to this guy. He was so upset. And I'm like, hey, can I help you with something? He goes, all these students out here, they're talking about Jesus. And I said, sir, and I began to put my hand on his shoulder, and he punched me in the face. Donna, look at this face. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. He punched me so hard in the face that he literally knocked me out cold. I mean, he punched me, knocked me out. The only reason I woke up is because my head hit the concrete fountain in the park. And uh, what's interesting is one of the Satanists that I've been ministering to came up and helped me out, you know. But uh, there was no uh, permanent damage, thank God. But I had no animosity, no hate, no anger in my heart because I felt like I took that one for the team. Mm. I, I, I did that for you, Lord. And, uh, you know, you may not get punched in the face, but you may get sweared at or laughed at or mocked. And, you know, Jesus did. 
Yes. Jesus uh, suffered persecution, especially by the religious. But, you know, it, it happens. It comes with the territory. And we need to do like Paul said in Romans. And he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Amen. Jesus Christ. Yes. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. So we, we need to learn to, to just understand that, you know what? I got, I got one life to live. And I'm not going to be worried about what people think about me. And in fact, Donna, the older I get, the less I care what yes. people think about me anyway. And you're not afraid. This doesn't, no. this doesn't instill fear in you. No. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid. No, not at all. I remember uh, uh, when I first started just really ministering to people as a teenager, I would go on the streets and I would stop the biggest group of people I could find at once. And I would say, stop. <laughs> They're like, well, they don't know what's going on. I say, stop. I want, you know, there'd be 10, 12 college students. I say, listen, I just want everybody to know that Jesus loves you all. He's got a plan for your life. And they would all laugh. You know, inevitably one would stay behind and say, you know, thanks for what you're doing. But, you know, it's just, you, you like Jeremiah said, it get, becomes like a fire shut up in your bones. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, don't, I don't go to places in my life, uh, fast food restaurants and neighbors, and stress out about bringing the kingdom. I just try to be like Jesus. And whatever he would be like in this situation, that's what I want to do. When I'm on my uh, lawnmower mowing the lawn, uh, there's nobody to minister to, you know. So I'm, I'm ministering to myself. Yes. I, praying in the spirit and, and inviting the presence of God as I'm mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I love a story that you that you told. I know that you work with uh, police officers. You know, as a chaplain, you go in, you offer, you know, spiritual help, emotional help, and a lot of times, actually, on the scene. And there was a there was a young man that you told me about that nobody could speak to him. I mean, he was just completely closed in. It was a very sad situation. Yeah, and I have the opportunity with the police to minister to a lot of bad situations, very bad. And we went to this call, and this this young boy, he probably was about 15, was fighting with his mom. The mom had left. And and then my police officer friend, who loves the Lord, he went down to take care of something in the car. And so I was left alone with a boy. And I asked him to tell me about his life. He grew up in homeless shelters. Mm. Uh, and he literally said to me, I've never had a good day in my life. And you know wow. what? He was sincere. Wow. He was not just putting out. Man, it made me so sad, you know, growing up without a father. His father had died as well. And I said, because I have nothing in common with this kid. I said, Lord, show me something. And the Lord told me that I've called him to the creative arts, uh, uh, like music. And I, sa- I said to him, what do you like to do? He goes, I want to be a DJ. I want to play music. And I'm, you know, the creative, you know, it was all creative arts. And I said, you know, I began to speak to his destiny. And, you know, he was away from God, didn't know God. And I prayed for him. And the Lord began to touch him. I said, do you want to be born again? He goes, yes. I said, do you know what that means? And I really explained it. He goes, yes. I said, now, do you really know what this means? Because I'm not just here to pray a prayer. And I, and as I'm praying the prayer, the police officer walks back in and we both saw this. I literally saw and I've ministered to thousands of people, but I've never seen it like this. I literally saw darkness come off of his face mm-hmm. and Jesus come into his heart. I saw the transformation right before my eyes. And and that police officer followed up later. He ended up reconciling with his mom and hugging her. And it was just so wonderful and beautiful. All because you just sit next to a, a young kid that just needs the Lord. You walked in carrying the presence. Yes. And in prayer, began to seek the Holy Spirit to lead you 
how to release the kingdom to this this young boy. Yes, ma'am. And let me tell you just what happened the other day. I Somebody in South Carolina, we live here in North Carolina, somebody in South Carolina said, can you come and pray for so-and-so? And because it's a friend of a friend, I, I drove two hours, but I, I don't normally do this, so I'm not trying to uh, put myself up there. But I prayed in the spirit and I worshiped for two hours straight, the whole drive, without stopping. Just worship and prayer, worship and prayer. And here's what happened, Donna. I walked into that home, so full of God, and I literally felt heaven walking with me. I felt, what does that mean? I felt Jesus walk in there. I, I felt that atmosphere of heaven that I felt when I was in heaven. I felt it all over me. And, and check this out. I walked, there were several people there because a the man was about to die. I walked in there and everybody else could feel it. I mean, I was freaking out myself because I felt like I was back in heaven. It was amazing. And I sat down. The man that I was supposed to minister to was sleeping. I sat down. And because, Donna, only because I was living in his presence, anybody can do this. The Lord began to show me about the girl that was sitting kitty corner from me. And I I saw in the spirit that the Lord had called her to be a a nurse. I said, ma'am, what do you do for a living? She goes, I'm a diesel mechanic. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I am so far off. I thought I was in the spirit. <laughs> you know? But then here's what happened. I, I said, I know I didn't miss it because I saw it. And I said, what do you want to do if you could do anything? She goes, I want to be a nurse. I want to I work on people and be a surgeon. I, I began to speak into her destiny, and she began to weep. And then I went and talked to that man that was struggling about salvation that was about to die about when I went to heaven. And I'm just telling you, the whole house filled with the presence of God, not because I'm anything special in any way whatsoever, but I challenge everybody that's listening to to pray in tongues and worship on a regular basis. And you watch how it's so easy. You just walk into situations and bring the kingdom. You actually changed that atmosphere when you walked in there. Let's talk about it now since you've already opened that door. You walked in there and literally changed that that atmosphere because you walked in with the Lord's presence. And that's one of the keys that you talk about, spending time with the Lord so that you are able to, to walk in. Yes. And we talk about being in a move of God. You know, I was in one in, in Brownsville and uh, certain times in my life, but I, I teach people, you don't, don't keep asking, you know, when's God going to move? Be the move of God. And we do that. Uh, nothing can take the place of John 15, abiding with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I am telling you, the more we abide with the Lord, the more we get to know him, get to know his heart, his heart for people, right. then we carry that presence. I felt the presence of the Lord all the way to work here only because I'm spending time with him. And, you know, I, I think sometimes Jesus can't wait for me to get in the car because he knows that we have special time there together. I just worship him and love him. But... But we have to understand that his presence is already inside us. It's a matter of tapping into it Mm -hmm. and tapping into who he is. He's still a good father and he loves us. And we can release and carry the atmosphere wherever we go. And again, talk about getting older. I'm kind of just tired of drama in life, the life drama here and drama there. So you know what? Under my breath, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, Lord, shift this atmosphere, change this atmosphere, because this is this is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this, this is a rough situation, especially when there's a lot of spiritual warfare. And, and let me share this, Donna. If you work for a company, if people are listening, and you feel like everybody doesn't like you, 
And every time you're in a business meeting, it's like everybody's like growling at you. It's because you carry the presence of God with you. And, and those spirits don't know how to react to those. Those devils don't know how to react to, to the presence of God. And so everywhere you go, you feel like nobody likes you. Well, heaven likes you. Heaven loves you. Uh, but you're, you're carrying that atmosphere into your job. It's no wonder people... Th- don't like you is because you bring God in the place mm-hmm. and they're uncomfortable with the way they're living. But I am telling you, you keep bringing God into your business, wherever you work as an employee. I'm telling you, I prophesy that inevitably somebody will say, listen, I need help and you're different. There's something different about you and I need what you have. Yes. Yes. You have said, I, I definitely want to talk about this. Ryan, you really believe, I mean, with all your heart inside, you believe that this type of ministry, not necessarily preaching, teaching, whatever, but ministering the kingdom, releasing the kingdom, you believe this is going to be commonplace. Exactly. And, you know, I get a little frustrated just uh, being transparent here with so many uh, ministers who who take pictures and selfies. Hey, look what I did at this restaurant here. I ministered this person. Well, uh, pretty soon everybody's going to be doing that. Yeah. So the Lord has shown me that it's going to be such commonplace to walk into any location and somebody's praying for somebody because somebody's ministering to somebody because people are learning to say no to the world to not let their circumstances dictate their lifestyle and they're bringing the kingdom they're bringing the presence wherever they go it, mm-hmm. it's we're going to see it happening that that's revival yes. just everybody yes. moving at the same time bringing revival yes. uh, wherever they go and you recently experienced this very thing that you're talking about you walk in carrying the presence you start interacting with a barista Oh, my goodness. She looked like she wanted to hurt me. She had such a (laughs) mad look on her face. I'm like, you know, I'm human. I'm like, give me my coffee. I'm out of (laughs) here. You know, she was so mad. And she was, you know, making my coffee with anger. And and so I thought, you know what? Something's up here. I said, ma'am, are you okay? She goes, I'm fighting such a migraine right now. I was like, okay, well, that's why you're so angry. You just, it's not that you don't like me. And so I said, can I pray for you? She goes, oh, yeah. I didn't ask her if she was a Christian. I grabbed her hand, and I began to feel the presence of God, and I know she felt it because I felt it going through my hand. I said, "I said, what do you feel? She goes, I feel tingly. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> the only word she could describe. I feel tingly. I said, what about the migraine? She goes, it's gone. The migraine's gone. Her whole countenance changed. I went back two days later, and she comes running up to me, and she brings one of her coworkers and says, that's the guy. That's the guy that I was talking about. I'm just telling you, you just, a, a simple little act of prayer, just loving on people. It, it brings a chain of reaction to where it's unstoppable. Yes. One person touches another, touches another, and pretty soon everybody's getting right with God. Yes. Well, like you said, it's becoming commonplace. Yes. You walked in carrying the presence. Yes. You shared it with her, and then when you left, then she started sharing it with others. Absolutely. Commonplace. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's amazing. Ryan, I, you have prepared a CD teaching series, and it's called Releasing the Kingdom. We've talked a little bit about it, and and it's so practical, like right down where you live, where the rubber meets the road, for those folks that say, you know, Ryan, I'm not like you. My my life is different from yours. My everyday is different from yours. Uh, how do you connect those people with what you're teaching? I would first tell people I am like you because I've been there, done that. I mean, I've been married for over 20 years, uh, but there were two times in my marriage that we were down to potatoes. 
<laughs> Literally. I mean, there's only so, only so many ways you can slice and dice and cook a potato. And, and that's all we had left. So how do I have a financial struggle or need a healing or need a miracle and still be a carrier of the presence? There seems to be a disconnect between enjoying the presence of God and bringing the kingdom. And I have 52,000 bills and my bank account is low. And that whole teaching series talks about how to enjoy God every day and live free from those things that try to tether you to this world because the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes that you may have life and that more abundantly. And that includes every area of your life. And so I teach people how to work through the financial struggle, how to work through uh, the the discouragement, the depression, uh, the the healing, the the bad marriage, or whatever is going on. Because I am telling you, the enemy will do whatever he can to keep his thumb on you, so you never become effective for the kingdom of God. Well, in in these series and in Jesus' name, I break that stuff off of people that they don't have to carry that financial burden anymore. If they just learn to get into the presence of the Lord and not come out. 24-7, I'm telling you, the financial situation will turn around. The marriage situation will turn around. Your kids will turn around. And you will receive miracles in your life. And, and no more letting all these things dictate how you live your life as a Christian. And, you know, it's not up to the devil how you live your life. It's up to God. And in this CD series, I really release that on people, how to break free from all that. You know, we normally wait till right at the very end of the program to pray, but I just feel the presence on you. And I would love for you to pray for those that are listening that might be going through some of the exact same things that that God just showed you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all those who are listening to me right now. Lord, I feel hope rising in them. And I I pray for you, sir. I pray for you, ma'am. I know you want this. I know you want to be a carrier of the presence. But you struggle with your addiction. You struggle with your marriage and your your discouragement or the pain in your body. You're like, Ryan, I want to do those things, but I can hardly leave the house because I'm in so much pain. You're the one I'm talking to. You're the one that I'm talking to that's been burdened and bruised and battered by life. And I'm here to tell you, you're going to make it in Jesus' name, and it's going to be okay. So right now, we release that presence of God. We bring the kingdom of God into your home, into your car, and wherever you're listening to this, that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you will be saved, set free, and set on fire from this moment on, that, that you will be filled with God. I feel it. I feel it going through the airways right into your to your life. I see a lady that you're just getting so happy right now because you feel it's falling off of you. You are not called, ma'am, to live in financial struggle. You're called to live in the presence of God, full of the joy of the Lord and the abundance of the kingdom. And I speak that over you. I speak that over you in Jesus' name. I see a man, you're discouraged. You're discouraged in your job. And the Lord is bringing his presence into your life right now. And I hear the Lord say, I have plans for you, sir. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to bring you into a new place. So you get encouraged right now because the Lord is bringing hope into your life. And I release the kingdom, the healing power of God, the presence of God into your life. And I'm telling you in Jesus' name, things are going to be different. Yes. Woo. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Ryan. And if you had one last little thing to leave with people, 
What would you tell them today? I want to tell people you are not just part of a move of God. You are the move of God. You're a move of God to yourself. You're a move of God to your family. You're a move of God everywhere you go. And now you understand that you are a carrier of the presence. Now release it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to give a big, big thank you to my guest today, my brother, brand new author, and my friend, Ryan Bruss. Ryan, my goodness, thank you so much. And for everyone that listens to us every week, and we, we just appreciate you joining us and tuning in. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get Carrying the Presence and Releasing the Kingdom by Ryan Bruss. Sid? My guest was taken to heaven and given revelations on God's mandate in the Old Testament and New Testament as well on operating in the God kind of love. When you operate in this supernatural love, you carry the full presence of God and release his kingdom everywhere to everyone. And then miracles happen. Be sure to get Ryan's book, Carrying the Presence, and his three CD teaching series, Releasing the Kingdom. Both these are brand new and exclusive for you, our It's Supernatural family. You'll also get a bonus of a beautiful two-sided card for your book or Bible to remind you every day that you can change the world. You can get this entire package for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call one 800 447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer 9629. That's offer number 9629.